With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for watching The Instant Reaction. For full episodes of the Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Welcome back to The Instant Reaction. Arsenal 2, Wolves 1. Uh, it was fun for about half an hour. Then it was pretty boring and then it became very stressful. Babs, how was that for you? Um, well, I missed the best part of the game. Why is that? <laughs> uh, I don't want to disclose that to be honest. Okay. Uh, but I, okay. I missed the first half of the game. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch that. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, the second half is what I watched. And uh, I think what I saw was a team that still needs to become a little bit more ruthless. That's the thing I learned. Now, I didn't see the best part of the game, but in the, in the part that I did see, what I saw was an Arsenal team that, you look at Liverpool, when they go 1-0 up, 2-0 up, they go and kill a team 5-6. And it seems like with Arsenal, they kind of do that and they kind of just slow down, take it with ease. It's all good now. And I think that's the next step for Arsenal. If you want to become that ruthless killing side, when you're over the team, you go and struggle with them, kill them there and there. Yeah, I think um, the desire to 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 score early, to like you know get you know come out the blocks firing, whatever it is, is is really exciting and and is something that is really um, was great about last season. But it creates quite difficult games to manage because once you're sort of you know twenty you know twenty minutes into a game, you're two 0 up, you look like you're about to score three, four, five. If you don't go on to do that and kill the game early and keep up that intensity, which is very hard to do. It creates a difficult game to manage where you're kind of going, we've got basically 60, 70 minutes left of a game here. We're going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to either control it, which is going to be really hard and takes a lot of concentration or allow them to, or allow it to become a bit more of a transition game, which you, which you, um, uh, in the end, you're going to give up some chances or you have to go for them and try and kill them early and try and get five, six in that first half. Yeah. I think we, that's what we did against Lance. You know that is you know the Lons the Lons game the second half became simpler to deal with because we were so far gone. But in this yeah. game, I think I think you kind of have to make a choice once you're two 0 up and looking like you're gonna you're gonna beat them. Either you absolutely go for them, which we didn't do, and I thought Wolves managed to counter a couple of things well, which I want to come to, or you sit back and allow it to become a slightly different game. Uh, but I thought we got thought thought it uh, kind of got caught in the middle, and um, yeah, it just became a, a slightly difficult game to manage. Look, we got. I think t towards the end, I did feel we got away with it a little bit. If you just take that last 10 minutes in kind of isolation, I did feel yeah. that there could have been a handball, that, as in it wasn't a handball, but there could have been a handball or a penalty. Or it was a too stop. close for I like it. It was too close. It was, it, was, it was very much set up for a kind of a pushover in the box or, a, you know, a, a mistake as we saw, maybe another yeah. mistake. Um, yeah. And you don't want to create those margins in this, in the, in this league. So um, I agree, so yeah. but it's also important not to overcomplicate. And ultimately it was one mistake that kind of gave them the chance. Like Wolves were making chance after chance after chance. No. 
I think that was the only chance he actually made, which was a kind of half chance on the edge of the box. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing. It's like almost we control games with it late or mm. we come out firing the blocks and almost use up most of our energy in the first half. And in the mm. second half, you're going to get more of this as well. We yeah. saw a lot of this last season. It was This was a very much a last season performance. Fantastic football, early guards flying, electric football in the first half. Second half, you know, team gets a bit overexcited, over relaxed, and we need to become more. What's the word? I think we show too much mercy at times. Mm -hmm. You know, we, yep. we're showing too much mercy to Wolves because uh, look, we're a team that once we get going, we can break any team apart. Big time, and I think this this was a big game for extremities in terms. of I think we saw the very best of Arsenal at one point. We also saw the possible weaknesses in our team in terms of Jesus and Nketiah's finishing and the mistakes that, 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 that there was Zinchenko. We saw how good we can be defensively and we also saw how how we can we can shut off a little bit. So we, we, we saw kind of a lot of sides of us today uh, over the course of the game. And I think that's that's because, you know, I hear people who say, you know what, you want to come out of the blocks firing and I, and I get that. But it, it does create a, a difficult situation. Um, let's come to the yeah. Zinchenko mistake because I, I agree with you. It's it's a moment where he gets caught. We kind of know that. I've already had some people saying. I made a video on my um, different not channel <laughs> yesterday saying that I've uh, that Zinchenko has improved. People say oh, it's aged well. They're going to stop now. And they're going to be like, well, what's funny is it absolutely did age well because what I said was he's improved defensively, but he'll still get replaced by Timber because because <laughs> I said it won't be accepted mistakes is what I say at the end of the video. Yeah. But obviously everyone watches the first minute or two. Um, yeah, the question but, for me is reliability. That's yeah. the one, and it's like. You can be very good defensively in some games. You can definitely improve. But the best defenders naturally are reliable in tough moments. Mm, Saliba's just naturally a good defender. Therefore, in those tough moments, he's not going to do it, make a mistake. Zinchenko in those most... Uh, this was the game where you know, Arsenal won the game. No one really cares. But if we take it back to last season, Anfield, who do you want in that position? Mm. And improve Zinchenko defensively or you're in Timber, who you know exactly. is much you're better defensively. And I think, it, uh, I think it would be Timber. I think the Timber injury has kind of postponed some conversations about Zinchenko. Zinchenko has improved, but equally, I think the Timber, the Timber, I think if Timber was still fit, he'd be playing uh, instead of Zinchenko. Um, Kyle's a ruthless guy. Uh, let, let's be completely honest here. Like, the reason why he signed Timber was to replace Zinchenko. Not, not in terms of like, oh, every game, but he will replace Zinchenko when he's fit available. Mm. And we actually saw it at the start of the season where, you know, Timber was starting most of our games when he was fit. Because Mikel saw last season what cost us. He must have fought Ramsdale, Timber, uh, sorry, Zinchenko. So mm -hmm. who comes in? Ryan and Timber. Yeah, no. And, and you know, Thomas Partey not being fit, which is why he, yeah. he brought Different in Rice. Rice. So yeah, I think, yeah, that, and again, interesting again, because we see the very best of Zinchenko on that second goal with how he combines with Jesus and, and gets the assist for Erdegaard. And then we see the the sort of the, the flip side of him. I, I, I think it's funny because I don't think we necessarily learned anything in terms of other than maybe, you know, we need to be more ruthless, but realistically, we kind of knew that anyway. And I think there is a, we, we I, yeah, I just, I just get the sense that we saw all the facets of Arsenal today that we all know. Like, yeah, we, we, can, we know that's how good we can be. That's how we can, can get undone. That's how we can, you know, improve in, in certain areas. And what I will say is the part that is the worst part, the undone part is easy to fix. Mm -hmm. It's not much of a, oh, it's a massive defensive problem. It's concentration. It's little basics. Maybe a few subs to make to kind of keep the game alive or, you know, a mentality thing. Whereas the first half was the hard part, opening Wolves apart. Wolves are a very good team. And the fact that we open up such with such ease, now, I mean, I watched the second goal back. I mean, that is sensational. Yep. Um, I, I like the way that our fullbacks played today in terms of being in attack. And I kept seeing them drifting into the half spaces and, you know, clearly worked out massively. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, focusing on the positives, because there was a very, very positive uh, aspect to that match. Um, 
we'll go through the individuals in a second, but I thought specifically the midfield were fantastic today. I thought we saw a real return from Erdegaard to a level of form, the way they were flipping in and out of each other's pockets. When Erdegaard would drop deep, Rice would step into the half space. When Rice drops deep, Erdegaard changing around, Trossard, whatever. Um, let's start with the lineup. What did you make of that decision in terms of uh, habits over, over sorry, um, uh, Trossard over habits? I think Mikel knew this was going to be a game of tight spaces and in a deep block and Havertz is very good in terms of arriving into the box crashing it but in outside the box the little touches little mm. flicks little tricks and that's what Trossard excels so because I think he's a better player in tight spaces and also we've got a luxury you can rotate Havertz or Trossard these are players that weren't here to start a yeah. last season you know now we've got these two players that you can bring on if you need a goal for Havertz you can start Trossard if you want to play in tight spaces so I think Mikel probably thought Trossard was more suited to this type of game but looking at the lineup you know it was there to to rip Wolves apart and we've got to forget Wolves are a very good side I know they've lost a few games this season no, but they good. beat Man City yep. they beat Spurs they should They're have been winning as well exactly yeah. Yeah. and apart from a single mistake I don't think they would have scored yeah I agree I agree um yeah I think uh I think Trossard the way I describe it is like Trossard's the guy who'll punish any space that you're given where I think Havertz can kind of create you some spaces on the pitch. And it's just different. Yeah. It just depends what you want for a certain game. And I think I think Arteta knew that Wolves like carrying. They're not their block isn't the best in the league. They're actually quite potent offensively. And maybe uh, maybe their 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 difficulty is is defensively. I think we saw that in the first half. I mean Hugo Bueno must have nightmares about the guy Osaka. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely cut up. Week in, week out we'll see it, aren't it? Yep. And this is yep. a slow start. We're still in that slow start, Harry. Of course we are. It's a very slow start. Very slow. I want it to go even slower now because <laughs> I'm enjoying this slow start. Um, let's talk some individuals then. Uh, Raya, I thought for, for what we needed him to do, I don't think he could have done anything for the goal, um, but I thought no, he he no. did okay. I mean, he was basically unneeded in the first half, uh, yeah. but second half, he, he came out with some nice moments. Yeah, that's how keeper should be. You shouldn't talk about it. You shouldn't yep. talk about it. You know, didn't use him. Yep. Um, Tom Yasu. It's a real shame if we've lost him because I think he was again fantastic today. I think he's had a. I don't think we have. There was a calf injury. I'm not sure if calf injuries are the ones he has the most. Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Has he had that before well, in the past? <laughs> I mean, we don't know. Basically, we we can't really we can't really guess. But I think he was I, holding his calf. But I'm trying to make sure because he had a history at um, his last club. Was it Genoa? Or was it where was he at before? Bologna. Bologna. He was. He had a history of a certain muscular injury. I'm not sure if it was hamstring or groin, or was it a uh, calf? But he was holding his calf. And so hopefully that's not a long term. Um, it might be a precaution. It was hamstrings but, um, at his... Well, but he's also had calf injuries. He had a calf injury. Yeah. That was what kept him out in 21-22. And last last oh, season wow. it was his knee. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always going to be knee, calf, hamstrings. It could just be some tightness. That's what I'm thinking. Muscular injuries can always be tightness. So you're know, just a scare of pulling it. And he's like, listen, I know how this could go. Let me not play through this. Let me sit down and go out. Yep, yep. Um, no, I, I agree. I think... Um, I'm hoping it's, I mean, he appeared to be able to walk off the pitch and, you know, hoping it was more of a precaution. I guess we'll have to find out about, about that. Um, if anyone can find us that, then uh, then let us know. I just, I just realised we haven't done the stats, so let me just look those up. Um, while I'm looking that up, uh, Saliba and Gabriel? Uh, again, I mean, the first yellow card for Saliba in over a year. Mm. Shame. Big shame. You know, anyone that, I mean, if anyone better on that, they could have won a lot of money, actually. Um, but yeah, I think, look, again, we didn't need to talk about the defence too much because they were just controlling the game and it was more about the attack. Um, and right towards the end, we saw where they excel at in, in the deep block area. We can defend well. It was a good box defenders. Gabriel had some good moments. Uh, though that yellow, the the potential handball, do you know when the commentator goes, oh, VAR check, and you're just trying to think, was it a handball, was it not? Didn't get away with it. 
But, um, you know, ultimately, he should have kept a clean sheet. Unfortunately, you can see Gabriel was furious with Zinchenko after he gave the ball away. Yep. Uh, just trying to find... Cause that, can you see that on your screen? It's loading. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, here's the stats. We won on field tilt, Babs. <laughs> hey! Back the to the best, stat, mate. That's the only stat we care about. I don't want um, to see the field tilt, though, because I know right towards the end, it'll be all Wolves. I think that expected goals number does tell us a story, though. I think because um, it was a, it was a it was a really good shot from Cunha. Oh, I really really rate really rate Cunha. Um, and yeah, they only created a point eight uh, expected goals. Nineteen shots, six on target, ninety two goals, um, three point four expected goals. I think we were a little bit wasteful on finishing today. Um, Look at the amount of times you went to the final third. Yeah, a lot of final third entries, a lot of deep touches, a lot of zone fourteen touches. A lot of progression. Yeah, I think uh, it kind of tells a story about, as we were saying earlier, there's, um, yeah, we, we kind of know that that's where where we um, where we need to improve. And yeah, Wolves, I think that's a, you can tell that's a fantastic finish. What's that like? A point, what's that shot from Cunha? Point yeah. far, it's two, of a lot three? Of defenders as well. It was a, a, it's a really good finish. Yeah, it wasn't, they didn't make a lot of chances. I mean, no. big chances, how much did they make? One, maybe max? Uh, yeah, I think it was just that was their goal just inside the box. Um, yep, a couple of, and we created some big chances around there. Big um, there it is. It wasn't even that bad to boys, the end. I would have thought it'd be a bit higher, but obviously, had a lot of the ball in their half, not in our final third. Here we go. Um, comparing it to the rest of the season, we were, yeah, one of our best performances in terms of XG. Um, in terms of shots, that was the most shots we've had in a game in the, in the league so far this season. Yep. Wow, but six on target. Um, not not too bad on field tilt. Uh, perhaps average on deep touches, slightly struggling to get into the final third towards the end. Uh, progressive passes and carries fairly high up the up the rankings. So yeah, you know, statistically a good game, but I think um, yeah, I think I think in terms of our finishing, it was a, a little bit cold. Um, thoughts on let's move through the midfield. Rice. I mean, some of Rice's passing again today, breaking the lines, especially in the second half, that was fantastic. When any myths around Rice's passing. Needs to just go because he 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 can reverse it. He can he can play those slip balls. He can switch it. He can break the lines. He he is at not as good, but his his defensive anticipation we've all always known about and how good he is at what he does in that pocket. But his ability on the ball, I think, needs a serious serious kind of makeover in terms of its uh, reputation. His his ability to tackle though, that's that's the thing, man. Yeah, he that, flies that's in satisfying, and it feels like a goal to me. Uh, that's how I celebrate, and it's not just me. It's it's the fans of the crowd. I've been in the game a few times a season, and I've seen it. Every time Rice makes a challenge, the fans properly celebrate it. And I think George makes a very good point about also returning to heritage and how we look at the likes of Rice and you know throw back yeah. the likes of Vieira. Also, fans are used to that type of profile, and yeah. for a first time in a while, we have got generally one of the best central defensive midfielders in the world. I mean, God knows how long it's been since we've had that, and this guy excels at everything. Um, and I think you know, it's only a matter of time before he becomes. I'm going to say it, a better version of Rodri because he's got a lot of Rodri's ability in terms of on the ball, but it's an off the ball power. You know, the fact that he can cover so much distance. If he can mm. just take his on the ball ability to the next level, which he will, by the way, because he's a learner and he'll learn yep. year after year. You know, let's not forget Rodri's first year at Man City wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. And look at yep. Rice at Arsenal straight away in the first, like, what, 10, 20 games. Yeah. Just needs a sample. He's a, he's a beast. Just needs a sample. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's crazy. He's, he's, he's incredible. Uh, Erdogan today. I thought was a lot better, a lot better. I think yeah. found his mojo a little bit, was getting access in more central zones, um, flip, 
going out wide, coming inside. I, I think I think we we've seen a development from Odegaard this season generally, in terms of how he's approaching the game, in terms of being a lot less on the final uh, on the sort of the final line, um, being a lot more involved in build up, um, which has maybe taken a bit of an adjustment. But I think if he starts to get it right, starts to understand a bit more when to when to drop, when to stay high, when to be involved in play, I think he could become one of our most influential players again because he has been, but in a different way. Yeah, I mean. His performance against Lens was very interesting because he was dropping off a lot deeper. And, you know, almost in the build-up phase, dropping deeper, in the attacking phase, you know, playing higher. So it's a very unique role to play and it's going to take time for him to properly learn that. But once he does, I mean, today it's all about playmaking. You know, yeah, yeah. he scored a fantastic goal, but that playmaking ability is yeah. back almost. Three he should have, had, should have had maybe two or three. should have had so many assisted. Yeah, yeah, me soon. yeah there was a moment, I think, well, he played Nketiah through... I think he played Trossard through, but again, it's that almost that classic Ozil type ball the way he's in the central zones and he finds a space in behind. Um, was it a pass to Trossard or was in K where he kind of just dances around the defender and plays it? It was like a, it wasn't a simple pass. He kind of did a little bit of skill pass. Yeah, 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 100%. It's swagger, um, man. It's a playmaker. For sure. Uh, discussed Trossard earlier. Jesus, yeah, I, I think again, it's kind of, kind of coming back to my overall feeling on the game. Very good player, very sharp on his day fantastic but his finishing will always run you cold um i think there was the the big chance that people people talked about in terms of him missing it in the first half i don't think he could have done anything i don't think he was offside but i think he probably there was a couple of moments where i thought mm, can he do better but we can't again we kind of know that about jesus so i don't i don't feel like i'm it's a particularly fair analysis because it's basically it's basically going it's like it's like asking rob holding to you know defend a high line it's a very different problem but it's the same thing it's that's not who he is i don't think and and he said it himself yeah, and, and I think that's where Jesus is, where if we sign a top striker, and we will sign a top striker, he will be still a very useful player because mm -hmm. he excels at so many things. He's so close to perfection. And yep. that's why I it's very hard for fans to ever give up on him because he, he gives you so much of what you want. And whoever we sign as a striker, there'll be things that he won't offer that Jesus offers. Like, I guarantee that. And there'll be times where fans will go, oh, but Jesus in that game was better. But, you know, ultimately you get the win today and, you know, maybe in a bigger game when you've got a bigger striker, we're going to have the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, thoughts on the players who came off the bench came off the bench I mean Havertz was uh, a bit sloppy I'd say you know and uh, you know Jorginho and Kivio came up pretty late and Ketia mm -hmm. should have definitely scored um, but yeah I, th I think when our subs this game reminded me of just uh, very much last season take the first half show your quality and take the second half for granted you know show mercy, slow down, have a nice little few little passes, fans kind of, you know, getting their hot chocolates out. That's what it was like. And I think um, ultimately, Mikel will look at that and he, he'll know how it had an impact to us last season. Mm. You know, last year, we had no problem going ahead. The goals against Liverpool, Southampton, West Ham, it was keeping ahead. And Mikel mm. will be very careful. And that's why I think he's been so uh, precautionary this year defensively mm. because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want the same thing as last year. He doesn't want to bottle it again. So he wants to almost make sure that doesn't happen. To see that nearly happen again today, Mikel will know, okay, look, there's still something that needs to improve. And as great as my defence is, at times, you know, but we didn't we didn't give it away any, any massive chances. And that's the, that's the main thing to point out. If that Sinchenko pass, you know, ends up as a, as a shot around the post, which it could have gone easily, no one really cares. And everyone goes, oh, well, easy performance. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I do feel, just returning to the habits thing, I do feel it didn't really suit him. I think Havertz is someone who, in settled play, I think can offer you so much. But I think in transition at the minute, in his, in his Arsenal career, I thought he gets a little bit lost, a little bit bypassed. He's not particularly vertical. He doesn't really 
make those decisions as sort of confidently as maybe maybe you'd want him to. So I think because the game was becoming a little bit more transitional, I didn't necessarily think it was the best substitute at the right time. Um, so yeah, um, and yeah, uh, just quickly on Enketia. I think again, we kind of know who he is by this point. I I I think I I heard someone say something the other day about like Jesus. It feels like he plays for the team, and Eddie plays for Eddie. And I do agree with that. I think Eddie sometimes I don't. I think it's not necessarily even a capacity thing because I think he can facilitate yeah. a lot more than he does. Yeah. I think a lot of the time he just stays on the last line, basically waits for that for that uh, cutback or cross or whatever. But you see that I do think you see the difference in terms of the lift for the whole attack when Enkati is playing. Yeah, it's it's just a matter of Eddie knows that he must believe that for him to break into the team, he needs to score a lot of goals. Yeah, and so that's why his only intention is to score goals. Mm-hmm. It's to get in the right position to score goals because he feels yeah. like if he scores the amount of goals, Arsenal will start rating him more often. Yeah, um, but he's actually also joint top goal scorer in the league, and he ain't starting. Mind mm-hmm. you, Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, question from Patrick Walters: Any update on Tommy? Was part of was Tommy going down? I mean, obviously we don't know unless someone can can put something in. But I do want to say, if let's hypothetically say Tommy Osu is out until you know end of December, let's say you know. I don't know. We then go into that period with a lot of games with five senior defenders plus Cedric Suarez. That's a concern. That is. And we've only had, apart from so far, Tommy Asu, one defensive injury yeah. as it stands. Yeah. So that's what Mikel says, that we're still short on defenders and fans can't believe it because you go, hang on, we want attackers, we want midfielders. Mm. But defence is what cost us last season. Yeah. With a defence that was sturdy and it was fit, we would have won the title. Mm-hmm. So we can score goals like we saw today. We can make chances from midfield. But if we don't have the defence to cover, it's going to be a problem. So I think what will be surprising to fans, but not, not as much me in, in January, is when we sign a defender. Mm. And fans will go, well, hang on a minute, we want an attacker and midfielder. But they have no. to understand that it's Mikel's building this entire title race this year on the defence rather than the attack. Last year it was all about the attack. This year it's yeah. all about the defence. And he wants to ensure that there are no room for errors or mistakes or if there is injuries that we're ready and prepared. Who do you think that'll be? As in what the kind of side, what side, what? It will be what a similar sign to what we've seen. A, a reliable Swiss Army knife. It won't be a game changer in terms of a player that can start week in, week out. It will be a player like, like a Tommy Asu, like a Timber. Timber was meant to be that, by the way, because he can play everywhere. Centre-back, left-back and right-back. It will be that type of profile again. And Mikel wants someone to have a defence full of those players that can play multiple positions. Because, you know, if there's injury to, to Zinchenko, you can play him on the left-back. You can play him right back, you know. But we do have a, a player that I think will turn to more often come the end of the season. It'll be Jakob Kivio. Mm-hmm. I think in some big games, he'll bring him on or yep. start him. Well, he um, trusted him for yeah. latest to kind of see that game out. Yeah, I think he'll be... Ultimately, we want a Tomiyasu profile, mm. even though we've got Tomiyasu. Yeah. But if Tomiyasu is reliable, we're going to need that. I think this is a hot, hot take. I think if we're looking forward to next season, and again, I think like, you know, the signing of... Trossard, I think the signing of Kivior, I think the signing of all, all, all sorts of players. Yes, they are done with the immediate impact in mind, but also with the desire to consider how the team's evolving. If we do think Zinchenko is moving out of that defence, then a lot is going to change. And I wonder whether that means a change in left centre-back profile because Gabriel's so good at defending those wide channels. Do we need something slightly different there? So is it a left-sided player? I don't know. Or is it, you know, he's we, we've, we've seen a willingness, as we haven't seen up to this point, to move out Ben White. You know, I think everyone, basically everyone other than Saliba has a, there's a, at least a question mark. Saliba is going to be in the defence. You can't like, I don't think that's possible to argue. But what you can, what you can do, I think, is ask for 
maybe some alternatives to, to to how we approach the game in terms of Ben White and in terms of Gabriel, in terms of Zinchenko. I don't I don't know. I I I would I I think I agree that there's going to be a Swiss Army knife element to it, but I think that's because it's an Arteta signing in the sense that he he likes those kind Everyone of versatile players. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I wonder whether we're going to see a more prospect long term signing who probably ends up being our one of the three other than Saliba I don't know I think that the, the fact that Ben White's been not dropped but Tommy Asu's brought himself into the team I think says more than we've maybe given it credit for in the sense that it doesn't matter how good I don't know let's say Jorginho has been playing Declan Rice will play do you know what I mean Jorginho could be operating a hundred percent capacity he's not going to come out of the team because he's because he's Declan Rice Saliba, yeah. you could we don't even have necessarily a backup for Saliba. It will be a Tommy Asu or a White, and maybe like a Saka. Reese Nelson again could be a hundred percent capacity. He's not coming out of the team. I don't think there's a right back, right winger in the world that Mikel would put in over Bukayo Saka. But Ben White has felt like a fixture of this team for a long time, and this is the first time in a long time I think he's been electing to choose other players over him, which doesn't mean he hates the player. And again, everyone goes, "Oh, so you're saying he's going to sell Ben White?" No, 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 no. I think he loves Ben White. But I think it's the point that it's, he's willing to try different options there. It tells me he's not 100% convinced by that position. What yeah, else, perfect, what el- what else could, could it be? Could, it, could you conclude? Yeah, it's perfectly fair because what White is just a standard below of the two players we've mentioned there. Rice, Saka, Saliba are in the best of, in their position. And right, look, White's up there. But I don't mm. think he ever has the potential to be the best right back in the world. Which is because there's players like Trent Alexander-Arnold who are freaks, right? Yep. Saka is a freak physically. And in terms of his mentality and what he can do on the pitch, Saliba is another freak defensively, and we've seen Rice's ability as well. So look, it's not it's not like a fault of Wen White's that he's not a freak in certain aspects. He's still mm. a very useful player. But you're right, you know, if if Mikel can find a freak in that position, he's going to go and sign him and play him. Yep. Uh, let's do some questions. Alex Osborne, what is wrong with Alex? Very good question. Uh, no, he asked, what is it with Alex? I'm reading way too much into things. We aren't selling him or coming close to him. He's being managed back into side and fitness. Didn't say we're selling him. Didn't say we're coming close to, to selling him. What no, I said did. was. Oh, sorry, yes. and I hate him as well. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's what, what I said, said. What I said was, it's the first time Mikel has shown willingness to rotate White. That's what I'm saying. Uh, a skill. Uh, Timber will play left back a lot once he's back. I agree. Um, Kasim Sheikh says, last season we were top for much longer. These things don't happen often. If we let aside a lot of trophies, that could have been won. We wouldn't win, so that's why the criticism. I'm slightly lost. Last season we were talking about. We need you to overanalyze again, Alex. Sorry, I'll, I'll overanalyze that. Uh, beta facts. We always act like it's easy to just drop a signing. We've got to have the money at the time. We've got to do the grammar. Player has to agree to terms and the playing time situation. Yeah, it's not as easy as as that, but equally the club... You, you, mate, you, it's simple. You put money on a table, <laughs> get the contract out, you sign it, mate. Williams. That's what Burgundy. you do. <laughs> no, but... Get him in. You have to be in a position to, you know, for example, when we couldn't get, was it the Douglas Louise signing that we couldn't get when we got Jorginho? Or it needs to be a willingness for the other team to sell. That's what people forget in January. If a team don't want to sell, they can do it over they did last year. But, but, was it last but my, year the year before? Yeah, go on. My, my, my point was more that I think there's, you, you know, you have to be prepared in every scenario. We should be we should be prepared to, to have a player in mind who if William Saliba tomorrow turns around and says, I'm giving up professional football. We have you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared. So it's not it's not to say you know we're, we're serious fans now going oh if if Tommy is out then we need to act in January. That crisis scenarioing should have happened 
months ago to think right if we if that happens in january what do we do if that happens and there will be loads and loads of different plans loads of different players conversations with different agents and there's whole teams who manage this it's not you know it's not just you know michael yeah. going huh. um <laughs> patrick watts is bows turned into lee judges yes so mate i spent a lot of time with the judge um but you know he's, he's a proper geezer proper uh, proper mate proper geezer uh michael says what do you think of early down the looks- pub right now mate <laughs> I think about a performance he looks back to his best. Yeah, I thought I thought he was terrific. We mentioned him a little bit earlier on, but um, he, thought, he reminded on? himself that he's a playmaker. That's what it was. He yeah, said, I, I, that's what it was. He's like, I I need to show fans that I'm still a beautiful player who can knit things together and play some lovely, sexy passes. That's what it was. Mm. That was a sexy performance. It was. Jedi, we have too many injury prone players. Partey, Tommy, Zinchenko, Jesus, CSR, Reese. We might need to replace them with more reliable and quality players soon. I think that process is happening. Honestly, yeah, I think. I mean, we've seen it. Look, well, look at that. Zinchenko, Timber signed. And now Timber's got is a long term injury. I don't think it's he, he's an injury prone player. He's a long term injury. It's unfortunate. Partey, we replaced with Declan Rice. You know, and Tommy Asu's yeah. not really started. Jesus, we're looking for a striker. Reese, we've got Bakayo. And then obviously Smith Rowe. You know, we've already got the likes of Havertz. In. Yeah, I think I think with all of those, uh, the, th- the problem is reliability adds another 20 million on, on a player's profile. But na- now 100%. we're in that. We're in that conversation now. So that's great. But yeah, Partey. We signed Rice. Tommy Asu hasn't really been starting. Zinchenko was like, yeah, you can go through each of those guys you mentioned and be like, okay. Um, I think there's a there's a plan to try and do that, but it just it just takes time. Um, we should have signed Tielemans. Still missing a player that can play Xhaka. I mean, he would have been a nice profile. I will say that. I think he would have been a nice profile, but I don't think he's... He's not... I don't he's think he's like too a, He's a Thiago. That's what he is. But he, he yeah, he's like a very... Jorginho in terms of he only sets suits and game states. You can't have Jorginho and Tiedemann as the same midfield. Mm. I don't care how good Rice is. You can't mm. have that man do that work, that much running for two players. So, you know, yeah. Tiedemann is a player that you sign if you don't have a Jorginho profile and you need yeah. a player for that, pro, you know. Or if you're Man City and you've got 90% of the ball every single game. And even then, look at Man City's midfield. Yeah, I, th- I just don't think he's two-way enough. I think if you... No, he's not. I think if you look at the efficiency of our off-ball work now in different ways, Odegaard... Probably he's more of a presser. Um, obviously, he can manage through physical duels, but it's not necessarily his his thing. Rice, we know his qualities off the ball. Haberts is more of a one v one battler. I think he tried to sort of gets his leg around people. Rice is more of an in out kind of defender. It's it's different. We've got a different and, and a blend of nice off ball skills. But I think yeah, I, I don't think Tiedemann. Notice notice that. Our, let's just say our that. best starter midfielder. There is Partey or Rice in there, but let's just say it's Havertz, Odegaard, and, and Rice. Mm-hmm. None of those players defensive liabilities. Tielemans is a defensive liability. Yeah, and we w- we wouldn't have the numbers we do this season with with Tillemans. Danny Football uh, Saka has now scored more goals for Arsenal than Fabregas. Starboy over Snake. Listen, mate. More than you believe. More than you believe. Gideon Griffiths. How important do you think it is for Arsenal to do? Sorry, I can't read. Gideon. Uh, for Arsenal to do well this season, second awesome silverware in order to appeal to an awesome esque signing, or is that not as important? I th- I th- I don't think players and their entourages are stupid, and I don't think it's just down to one player. You know, these guys have teams of 10, 20 people looking after them, and you know, there's not many secrets in football anymore. People know Arsenal are good, um, and they know the potential of Arsenal. They know the age profile of Arsenal. They they know all the same stuff that we do. Um, it's just about looking at what what the best fit for him. And I think with Osman, I think you you said this actually for his whole career, he's been pretty smart with where he's moved very smart he could have gone to Arsenal in 20 after you know years ago when he went to Wolfsburg first because they offered him a starting place 
And that's what it was. He couldn't, I think he said no to Arsenal, Barca. There's a lot of teams there. So he's a very smart person. And I think that's when people say Chelsea, because he's got a photo of, of him in a, in a Chelsea shirt when he was a kid. I'm like, well, that doesn't matter. That does not matter anymore. Eden Nazard and Didier Drogba, two of Chelsea's greatest ever players, were massive Arsenal fans. Yep. The Chelsea legends. So if Ossiman looks at Arsenal and goes, I can fit into that team and those players are perfect for me and I can win titles at this club because he wants to come to the Premier League, by the way, he will come to Arsenal. I agree. Let's finish with this. NL forever. Did you see Team News and Tick saying we aren't going for Douglas Louise and said someone else? Who do you think it is? Moscato, maybe. I think Moscato's going somewhere else. PSG, the ones that are trying to sign him. I don't think it'll be Moscato and I don't think it'll be a young profile, to be quite honest with you. I know our fans will love the idea, but I think we'll sign a player who is 24, 25 that is ready now because that's where our team is right now. We're trying to win a title in the next two, three years as much as possible. Sign Moscato and maybe when he's, you know, he's 18 now, so when he's 21, he'll be amazing. Mm. But I don't think we have that much time there because we signed Moscato and he sounds like a very interesting character and a player. You bring him into the starting lineup against Man City because Rice is injured and so is Partey. Mm. Do you trust the 18-year-old? Yeah, I, I think... I don't know. Yeah. The, the problem is, is I'm not looking around and looking at any... You say 24, 25-year-olds. I'm not looking around and seeing any profiles that I go, that is the guy. Like, like We were sat here last season going, Declan Rice... That is your signing. You're Jude Bellingham. That is that is the guy. If you can yeah, go and course, do that, of course, of course. But I don't look but around the, Europe right now and think there's many available players who who take us to that next level. Yeah, but I think my point is, I know that it says that Louise, we we might not be going for Louise, but I'd rather go for Louise Moscato because I feel like you know that suits us right now yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did say that was the final question, but actually we're gonna have one more from Mohammed Basha. Is that the video there and there, Bev? That is the video there and there. Thank you for watching. Well, that is a live stream there and there. Thank you for watching the instant reaction there and there. Um, thank you for watching as always. It's been a pleasure. Um, now I need it. to go back and watch the first half because as it stands, it's only 2.5 things we learned today. I need to have five. <laughs> uh, please like the video. Uh, please subscribe to the Canon Podcast. Check us out on Patreon if you so desire. There's a seven-day free trial on there or you can find the full podcast on YouTube as well. Check out Babs at Babs14. Check out me at Diffnock and we will see you later. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.